Pop 44 mashup artist Bill McClintock. Welcome back to Pop Your Pop Culture Podcast. It is I, Ken Mills, and I have someone with me today, Courtney Cronin-Dold. Hello, pop persons. Hello, six million dollar persons. Yes, six million dollar <laughs> person. Uh, <laughs> a lot of people have been wondering where you've been. Well, I've been working, thank God. <laughs> but when I work, I have the most insane schedule, so I can't, it's, I'm morning, noon, and night, like literally, like from nine in the morning until 1 a.m., Working, so it's been a little bit crazy. I was working on BattleBots season four, which starts in June on Discovery and Discovery Science. And if you don't know the show, it's very, very exciting. It's like all the violence without the violence. Mm-hmm. Basically, like a sci-fi movie and an, an MMA came together and made the most awesome sport ever. <laughs> and you're working as a writer on this. Yes, I was writing for the hosts, Chris Rose and Kenny Florian, and then for the ring announcer, Farouk, who does, he does very special intros for every single robot, so it's actually a lot of writing. So, and there were five of us doing all that. It was a very good time. It was a really good time. It was a very fun job. A lot of hours, though. Excellent. Now, I was wondering if it was the cast that maybe you wrote for like the actual robots themselves like you know oh no we don't really have anything to do with the teams and the robots although i produced like a couple fun things with them like just sort of incorporating them into the intro and farouk also did a couple fun things but that that's about it we don't there's a whole separate team of producers that that deals with all the robots and everything and that's that's a really hard job and that's a ton of work so we just we work with the talent we work with the hosts and you know and uh, and Farouk the ring announcer who's the who's so amazing and the sweetest guys they're all like really great to work with it's really nice when you go and you work on a show and like the talent like like Chris Rose like stops me on my way back to the office and he goes just want to tell you guys what a great job you're doing wow. T- tell the tell the guys like you guys are really doing a great job I mean that's so nice to hear, you know, because writing is very thankless. And like when the talent you're writing for takes the time to thank you for your hard work, you know, they don't always do that. So mm. it was like they did it all the time. They're just like super really. And, and they're so good at their jobs. When you watch the show, it's like you'll see they're just they're amazing. Amazing. It takes <laughs> it was a, it was but it was the most fun job ever because in between you're watching robot fights. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, and you're watching them from, like, the front of the box, so it was, like, super exciting. Really fun. It's a fun show. See, you know I work out of my office, which is right near my kitchen, so sometimes I look and I'm like, In this corner, the toaster, up against the (laughs) crock pot. Yeah, exactly. Nothing really happens. It's just just my weird imagination. (laughs) Big-time Hollywood writing, so that's fantastic. And you've been doing some live stuff and doing some events. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I've been doing a lot of stand-up. I was on the road, and I was in Iowa, don't want to brag, and then in Nebraska where we went to see Kiss in Omaha, which was amazing. They were great. And um, and I love a crowd outside of L.A. because L.A. crowds are so not fun. Isn't it weird? It is weird. 
it's strange because like I remember like in the 80s everybody seemed to be happy but if you do see a show from LA it's people just like they're on their phone they're like oh hi you know it just seems to be that kind of thing yeah everybody's like what's next what's next what's next oh my friend got me in I know this person I know that person it's all like a show of how cool can you be and it's Mm -hmm. like I I go to the shows to hear the music you know I that's why I like going to see bands that I love and sporting events outside of the city because it's always so much more fun so um yeah they were great the crowd was super fun Omaha was a great crowd and uh it was fun. We got to we got to do a we got to get a photo with Kiss on that one, and um, it was funny because we walked over to get our photo and we were and I was like, "Hi, Eric," because Eric's the only one who knows us like well. So we're like, "Hey, Eric," and he goes, "What are you guys doing here?" I was with Craig Cass. He goes, "What are you guys doing in Omaha?" I was like, "We booked shows so we could come see you." <laughs> <laughs> we booked some work out here so we could come see you. <laughs> now the place to do a concert is like down in Brazil. Oh, yeah, that'd be cool. Those people are insanely wonderful. I mean, it's a complete workout for them. They're jumping up and down and screaming constantly. It's just outrageous, outrageous. Yeah, that would be amazing. Just apathetic fans. There you go. Mm Mm-hmm. I was working on some some uh, comedy, but lately all the comedy I've been writing has been in the voice of the Larry the Cable Guy. (laughs) Like, serious, I don't know what my deal is, but for some reason, you know how you like you get a song stuck in your head? Yes. I've gotten Larry the Cable Guy stuck in my head, and I'm not really a big, yeah, I'm I'm not really a big fan, but like, okay, I'm going to pretend I'm doing improv as Larry the Cable Guy, okay, so it's something like, uh, I tell you what, uh, the police, they done did arrest me the other day for indecent exposure. I, I just told them it was a gender reveal party, right? You know what I'm talking about. And then uh, <laughs> I went to my doctor's office. I said, Doc, I'd like a sex change. He says, you actually want a sex change? He said, no, I'd actually like some sex for a change. If you could uh, <laughs> write me a prescription for that, I'll tell you what. There you go. So that's the kind of crap that's been going on in my head. That I don't know why. But... I think he's funny. I mean, it, it, I'm not his audience, you know, and, and you might not be either. But he's a really, really good comedian. And one of the nicest people in comedy. Anybody that can make a living off of running their mouth, I respect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's great. You got to respect anyone that can do these kinds of gigs, right? Yeah. You just have to. It's amazing. Yeah. Now, I understand you have a show coming up. Grafton, right? Oh, at the Grafton Hotel in Hollywood, I've been producing a show. We've done two already. And it's a show I've been wanting to do for a really long time, and it's called Punchlines and Backlines. Mm-hmm. And it's where we have a, a rock star do comedy for the first time and just tell, like, some crazy stories. And then I work with them. We kind of formulate a few jokes, and then they just have fun the rest of the time. And um, and uh, so last time we had Patrick Kennison, who um, is the lead singer and lead guitarist for Heaven Below and is a uh, lead guitar for Lita Ford and vocals in the Lita Ford band. And he's a tremendously nice person and really funny. He told some hilarious stories. Um, he had great jokes. He wrote his whole act himself 
and and he came in and like killed it. It was great. And Jason Christopher, same thing. Jason Christopher from Prong, who also plays with Corey Taylor, and is on tour right now with the Corey Taylor band. Um, mm. Zach Zach Thrones also in the band, and he's in Bruce Kulick's band playing on the Kiss Cruise, mm-hmm. and um, and they're amazing. And he came and he did set a uh, stand up for the first time. And he was great, and and he killed it. It was great. And um, we have a lot of fun. And then we have a comic sit in with the musical guest and play a couple songs. And it's been really fun. We're having a great time. If you're listening right now, please go to Punchlines and Backlines, our show page on Facebook, and give us a like. And um, we're really trying to build the show and get, like, a regular following so we can do it twice a month instead of once a month because it's a fun concept. Everybody has a really good time. So look for that on our Facebook page and our links and on our Twitter feed. I know it's fun if you're involved. So there you go. Yes, thank you. Well, today on Pop, we have something called a mashup artist. Are you familiar with a mashup artist? I am. Mm-hmm. Well, the gentleman's name is Bill McClintock, and he does these outrageously cool Depending, you know, mileage will vary. There are some people that get really upset about this stuff, right? Why? Why do they get upset? Because it's that weird thing like, man, don't ruin a song that I like. You know, and and people will say that if someone else covers a song or does their own version or whatever, right? But those songs still exist. Nothing has been ruined. So I just want to go out. Any, Any of the songs that you hear today, no actual songs were injured during the... Uh, making of these mashups. I mean, it's so ridiculous. Just don't listen to it then. Right. But wait, we want him to listen to the show. So stick around for that. But right now we're going to play this very funny one. And and I sent this to you last night to listen to. Oh, yeah. (laughs) This is a mashup of Kiss's Love Gun (laughs) with Wham's Careless Whisper and Slayer pops in at one point and some other people. (laughs) It's just very bizarre. And even Deep Purple shows up at the end for the solo. It's very good. Here it is. And again, you can see a video on YouTube and there will be links in the show notes. So we're going to go into our interview with Bill McClintock following after this song, Never Without Your Love Gun. Take it away, Bill.
is going on with your brain that you can do this right <laughs> okay all right it's a good question all right so here we go welcome back to pop and today we are discussing mashups if you don't know what a mashup is we have a gentleman on the other end of the line here and we're going to introduce him bill mcclintock welcome to pop thank you very much what exactly is a mashup well the, a mashup the way that i define it would be taking two different songs, taking the vocal part from one of the songs and putting it into the instrumental part of a different song. And that's basically it. There's a lot that goes into them as far as song selection and which songs will be compatible with one another. But that's basically it. I mean, I always take two well-known songs as much as I can. And uh, so people will, will recognize both of them and put them together to make one new song. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and where can people find you on the internet? I know you have your YouTube channel. Yeah. Yeah, that's basically it. I mean, all my stuff goes onto my YouTube channel. Um, and I, I'm on Facebook. It's my YouTube channel. is just my name, Bill McClintock. And, um, and then I'm on Facebook as well. And I just, I'll post links to my YouTube channel. Anytime I do a new video and upload it to YouTube, I'll post a link to it on Facebook so more people could find it that way. I think that I became aware of you about a year ago. Okay. Every once in a while, something would cross through the rock and roll landscape, right? Uh-huh. And it would be this video of one of your mashups, and it, oh, that's pretty cool. That works out. That's pretty clever. But the amount of your work is starting to accumulate yeah and it's becoming something that i'm paying attention to i've actually subscribed to your youtube channel cool and the newest one that you have up right now mm -hmm. is just fantastic it's van halen and the jackson five and you call it mean machine yes <laughs> and it's a mashup of van halen's mean street one of the best damn songs he ever did and the jackson five's yep. amazing dancing machine yes what the hell is wrong with you what <laughs> did you say i think that this would work with that and kind of walk me through that 
Sure. Well, I do have a musical background. Uh, since I was about 14, I, when I was 14, I started playing guitar and uh, played from there through high school, ended up going to to school for music, for music technology, um, which is where I really got that background of how to to use the technology to put the, the two songs, the two parts together. Um, and as far as how I figure out songs, most of it is just based on key. So songs that we use a lot of the same notes and chord progressions and tempo, so songs that are you know, about the same speed as each other. Now, a lot of people think that that's all that there is to it. You know, just pick two, two songs in the same key around the same tempo and it's going to work. But that's not the case. Um, you really have to find songs that are compatible as far as um, the vocal line, how long the phrases are, when the phrases are within each measure, and so that they're not conflicting with things that are happening on the instrumental side. And from there, it's, it's a lot of trial and error. I, a lot of times I'll start to put two songs together and it's kind of working, but not as well as I'd want it to. And I'm at the point where I have to say, okay, this is not working. I need to go and, and try something else. And in fact, I did that very thing with the latest one. I had, I still had the, the vocal part from the Jackson 5 song, and I was trying to put it with a Judas Priest song. And I basically did the entire thing. And I, I played it, and it was okay, but not up to my standards. And I was on my way to work, and Mean Street came on the radio. And I thought, oh, this might work, you know, because it is in the same key. I could hear, I mean, just from my, my experience, I can oftentimes hear what, what song a key is in and just know that, okay, that this is, these two songs are going to work together. And just in the groove of Mean Street and that guitar riff and just the syncopated riff that, that Eddie plays throughout the verses worked really well with Michael Jackson's vocals. And the two just laid over top of each other really well. And I thought, yeah. And, and, and I can always tell when it's a really good combination because it's, it's the same thing that a lot of my listeners will experience. Like they say, like, oh, this gave me goosebumps or that kind of thing. Well, I mean, the same thing happens with me. You know, the first time I hear that combination, like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Like, I, I have to do this one. I have to figure out how to develop this and make an entire song out of it. So that's kind of how it happens. Well, without further ado, let's listen to this fantastic, funky Van Halen Jackson 5 mashup called Mean Machine by Bill McClintock. Take it away.
I've always said that Van Halen had a real good groove and funk to them. That a lot of the people that tried to uh, become a band like Van Halen never really had. Like, for example, I love Dokken, I love Rat, I love a lot of those bands, but they yeah. didn't have that groove that that Van Halen managed to put out all of the time. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Um, it, definitely, I, I've always been a huge fan of Van Halen. Really, the stuff with David Lee Roth is really, you know, the all the stuff that I like the most, and they definitely do have a groove. I would say Mean Street more than, than a lot of others. Uh, another one, uh, Take Your Whiskey Home, has a really good groove to it. That's mm-hmm. a, a slower tempo one, kind of similar to Mean Street in that respect. Uh, but yeah, Eddie's playing. I mean, I'm, I'm a guitarist myself, and um, you know, I've always looked up to Eddie with his playing. I mean, anything like his rhythm playing, his soloing. He's always he's he has such a unique sound and always has since the first record that they put out. And yeah, I absolutely love Van Halen stuff, and and I agree. I, I like Rat. I I like Dokken, uh, Skid Row, Motley Crue, all that hair mm-hmm. metal stuff. I I really love. I love all that stuff. But there seems to be a, a loss of the boogie, right? Yeah, yeah, and and I find that to be the case. Sometimes, a, a lot of times with my mashups, I'll try taking some some guitar solos if I can find an isolated track of a guitar solo mm-hmm. and put those over top of whatever it is i'm working with if it's a rock song um a lot of times i'll do stuff that is like a, a funk song or even a disco song in, in that 70s kind of dance music which has a groove to it and sometimes i'll, I'll pick a solo like i'll, I'll try something for example from doc and then like yeah that's this kind of works but it doesn't it it doesn't have that groove like it's not supposed to you know like that that's not what that wasn't necessarily their thing but but you're right, yeah, Van Halen definitely has a, a groove to their music. And we all know that the Jackson 5 definitely do, so it just works. Uh, there's just something about the music that was coming up from the 60s and 70s that, that had a lot more funk to it that, mm-hmm. you know, really, I almost hate to say this, but it seems like when we get into the age of Pro Tools and, uh, uh, you know, drummers with click tracks, it seemed like a lot of that disappeared. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. I, I never really thought that much about it, to be honest with you. Especially the songs that, that do have grooves to them. You, you really have to be careful as far as how you you lay the vocals over top of a, a, a track that really grooves. They, they have to be so in the pocket in order for them to really sound good. In fact, the the Jackson 5 one that I just did, Nobody commented on it. I don't know if anyone really noticed, but there were a few rhythms that I changed in the vocal line because the way that they were originally done mm-hmm. for their for the Jackson Five song. Of course, it worked with with their instrumental, but there were a couple places where I'd have to move a a, a note back by like a sixteenth note to make to make the groove just a little stronger. And you know, anytime I do that, I, I listen to them over and over and over again and just try to make them as authentic sounding as I can. You know, as, as close to perfect as I can. Mm-hmm. You know.
Folks can donate to help you. It's kind of like a Patreon thing through your PayPal, correct? Yeah, I've just <laughs> I keep saying I'm going to go to get around to setting up a, a Patreon um, site or whatever, but I, I haven't done it. And part of it is because I this is such a this is a hobby of mine. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I have a day job. I, I teach music uh, in an elementary school. I don't ever want it to feel like a job. It's just you know I, I really enjoy doing it. I, not that that would necessarily happen, but I'm afraid that if 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 I do have people donating to me on a monthly basis, that they're going to have a high expectation, and I'll feel like if I'm not meeting it, that it's, you know what I'm saying, that it could feel like it's yeah, it's it's starting to feel more like work. Yeah, it's the struggle that any creative person has, right? Yeah, I, I, I guess I guess so. You never want to work for the man, let alone become the man, unless right. you're Ric Flair, and then you want to be the man. But that's a whole <laughs> – wrestling, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> if if people subscribe to you on YouTube, they can click on any of the videos, and it will have a link. If If you want to throw some money towards Bill and what he's doing, if you love what he's doing, you should support what you love and uh, check it out. But uh, yeah. let's let's play another one. I'm going to pick kind of a an unusual one. You know, a lot of the stuff you do is hard rock versus funk. You know what I mean? Everything from metal, you know, Slayer and Metallica and Van Halen. Yeah. But this one's kind of a more middle of the road, and I really love how you put this together. This one has one of the most underappreciated artists of the 80s, They've gotten so much crap for being so great. It's Hall and Oates. Oh. Uh, you cannot take away from the mighty Hall and Oates. You just can't. They're fantastic. And you do a mix up with the Supremes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and and what two songs did you do there? Those were uh Maneater and My World is Empty Without You. Mm-hmm. Those two, yeah. And that was another one. Those are both in B minor. Um, the groove is really similar to them. So they just, they naturally worked really well together. I don't feel like I had to do a whole lot of actual work to put them together because they just, they flowed really naturally. And it's, it's, it's odd. As soon as I started hearing Maneater and imagine this, it just clicked. It just clicked with me. It's like, oh, this is going to be great. (laughs) In the spirit of our good friends, uh, Eric Miller and Craig Smith over at Pods and Sods, where they often do mashups of song titles. Here is Hollow Notes and the Supremes with My World is Empty Without You, Maneater. <laughs> <laughs> By mashup artist Bill McClintock. Take it away. 
so Bill, I referred to you as a mashup artist. Would you call yourself that? Yeah, that's pretty much it. That's what I would call myself. Other people use different terms. Some people call me a DJ, which I'm not. I don't, you know, <laughs> I don't You're not mixing and, and scratching, anywhere. but you are just yeah. digitally. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. There's some people say, you know, producer. Those are the two things I hear a lot, DJ or producer. But yeah, I mean, I, I think of myself as a mashup artist, you know, and, and then my, my setup is really pretty simple. I don't have much. I, do, I have my MacBook Pro that I use. I, I mix everything together using Logic on Mac. Once I have the music completed, then I, I dump that into iMovie and then I, I create the video to go with the music. And that's about as complicated as I get. You know, it's really pretty simple. Mm-hmm. Now, back when I was coming up, I know that when I graduated from high school, guys cutting records was becoming a thing, right? Like, yeah. And we had like Blondie with the song Rapture, right? Mm-hmm. And and we saw the crossing of genres happening right then and there. It went from a punk band to something that we didn't even know what to call it, rap. So some yeah. of what you're doing is based on that stuff that came from way back then. And of course, in the 80s, we really saw the emergence of the DJ and cutting records and making long mega mixes out of something. Who were some of your biggest influences as far as this process? Uh, just the as far as like what I would use in my mashups mm-hmm. and, and just musical influences in general. Mm-hmm. I don't, as, as a guitarist and like the hard rock stuff, I mean, Van Halen is one of my favorites. Deep Purple, Black Sabbath, Solo Ozzy. There's so many. It's hard. Uh, Led Zeppelin, definitely Judas Priest. Yeah, I mean, that's as far as the hard rock stuff goes. And I was into that earlier. I mean, I still am, but but definitely liked a lot of that stuff when I was in in high school. And definitely Metallica, Megadeth, Iron Maiden. All of those are, are, are a lot of my favorites. Now, later, I started to get into more funk and disco. And I don't know what sparked that, but, you know, because it's so different from from the rock stuff. I don't know. I'm trying to think of, of those artists who, who I would really enjoy. Like um, the Brothers Johnson is something that comes to mm. mind. I, I, I love that the, the bass stuff that they yeah. had. It's really cool. I want to thank you. Definitely cool in the gang. Yeah, I, I love all that stuff. I'd, I'd like to do more mashups with that stuff. I, and I'm, I'm always kind of thinking of different ones that I can use, and, and it's always going around in my head. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'll have one in my mind for a few months, and like i got to do something with this, and then eventually I find it. And sometimes it's two separate songs that have separately been in my mind for months, and I'm like, i got to put these with something, and then I realize, hey, these two would go together. You know what I mean? And then, and then you know, I, I got, them, got those ones done. Like I said, when I was coming up through high school, you had the people that were rock and you had the people that were disco, right? There were those mm-hmm. two schools going on and you had disco sucks and rock is dead and so on and so forth. And every other form of every every other genre of music was that was exploding was uh, getting out there into the masses. And it really, you know, in the 80s, we had things where we saw those those things come together in the sense of rap and rock, like whether it be Aerosmith and Run DMC or Anthrax and uh, Public Enemy. Right. Not to mention the Beastie Boys, which was straight up. Oh, for sure. And of course, Run DMC's King of Rock and all that stuff. But 
there was such a stigma to the disco and the funk that it was almost wiped out. I mean, if you think about the Bee Gees career, they kind of became persona non grata all of a sudden. Yeah. yeah. You know, you, you, you really, it was, it was hard to find new music from the Bee Gees at some point and people would make, you know, fun of you for liking the Bee Gees, but damn right. it, I now love that stuff more than ever. Oh, for sure. And I, you know, I never really cared what anyone thought. I, you know, and I'm one of my, I graduated in, in 99, you know, so a lot of my friends were listening to stuff around that time in the 90s, which I, I never, I still don't like it. Like, <laughs> I, I tried to get into it, like a lot of that alternative rock and, mm-hmm. and whatever else. Like, I never really got into that. I always liked stuff that was from really before my time, you know, stuff mm-hmm. was 60s, 70s, 80s. You know, that that's all the stuff that I really liked. And it, yep. it didn't matter if it was rock or or disco funk i i love all that stuff and and to put them together i think can be you know pretty awesome or hilarious depending on what the combinations are right but if you can make them work together and you know why not i think it's it's awesome and most people i'd say 99 98 99% of the people you know at least the people who comment on my channel are really into it they really like it but then every once in a while there's somebody who's just such a purist that you know, if you if you mess with Led Zeppelin, you know, put them with with any other band, they're just like just so offended by the whole thing. I'm like, dude, just relax. Who cares? It's it's music. It's all it's all the same. It can all go together. Mm-hmm. So and I just I I like and and I do use really just all older music. And my hope, too, is that people will listen to them. And some of them have commented like they, they don't know the originals, but they really like the combination that I put together and, and my hope is that they'll go and actually look for those originals and listen to them, you know, cause it's, it'll expose them to some of the older stuff that, that they, they've never heard before. So I think that's a really cool thing too. Agreed. Now, Bill, I gotta tell you, I don't like smoking and I don't want the, the next song that I'm going to play to be misconstrued as a <laughs> pro smoking song. Cause I'm against smoking. Take care of yourself and your health. Right. <laughs> Right, but the the fantastic Bee Gees and the amazing Deep Purple did two songs. You should be dancing and smoke on the water, respectively. You put them together, and we're going to play those right now. Is there anything you want to say about these? Yeah, I mean they again, one's rock, one's disco. They shouldn't be together, but <laughs> but I made them go together. And this was another one that they they fit really naturally well together. There's a you know, throughout the verse, there's this little high guitar part that happens toward the end of each. Um, I guess it's every every measure, every two measures that just fit like right between the smoke on the water vocal line, and it just mm-hmm. it it just it laid together really well. And uh, yeah, they're, they're, I, I, it just seemed like kind of an obvious one to me. They're both in G minor, around the same tempo, and and they yeah they work pretty well. So it's the B purple or the deep G's with. You should be smoking. (laughs) That sounds good. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Never thought of it that way, did you? No, no.
I've recently seen you featured on some websites like Classic Rock Magazine and other things. Yeah, yeah. Every once in a while, they one of the mashups will be featured somewhere. And a lot of times I, I don't know about them until somebody on Facebook tags me in it. So, you know, they'll, they'll put my name on it to show me that I was featured. Um, and the, the latest one I did, the Van Halen and Jackson 5, it was the uh, Van Halen News Desk, I believe. Oh yeah, on Facebook that um, that featured that one and and you know and I was hoping I it, it, it's at the point where I I mean I hope that everything I do is featured somewhere and, and it happens sometimes and sometimes not um, but yeah it's it's really cool to see that and and I'll check periodically just to see I'll do like a Google search for the song name and see if I can find it anywhere but but yeah the Van Halen News Desk had some nice things to say about it they, they thought it was a really cool mashup and and. Uh, I, I read some comments on that people left on that one, and those were mostly positive as well. So that was pretty cool. And, th- and those are usually the places, if I'm going to see any negative comments, that's where they'll be, you know? So, you know something like diehard Van Halen fans, if, if you mix anything with that, they're, they're all offended by it, you know? But, but they, were, they were mostly positive, so that was good to see. Yeah, but dude, you got to know that... Diamond David Lee Roth would love to sing with the Jackson Five. He would love that shit. Oh! I was hoping to see him share it. I don't even know if he has a Facebook page. He might, but you know, Woo! <laughs> might but be too cool to... for social media. I don't know. <laughs> right? Diamond David Lee Roth might be a little too cool for social media. I'm not so sure. Whoa! <laughs> He definitely would be doing some uh, boogie, you know, with that. But now here's another one where we're we're going to take a hard rock, heavy metal, hair metal band, whatever you want to call them, because it's all it's all just uh, what you call it. Right. Yeah. And I'm going to pick Rat and Marvin Gaye with their two songs round and round. And I've heard it through the grapevine. What what put this one together for you? Well, that was actually the one that that uh, got me on the map. That was the first one that um, just exploded. And and up to that point, on my YouTube channel, I think before that one took off, I had maybe forty or fifty subscribers. And that was in the eight or nine months or so that I had my channel. Mm-hmm. And that song was I don't know how maybe around the twentieth one that I did somewhere around there. Yeah. Um, and that was another one where I had thought of both songs separately. I, I love Rat. I love Round and Round. That, that mm-hmm. instrumental is awesome. I wanted something to go with it. Um, they're both, you know, same key, E flat minor. And and of course, Marvin Gaye is just incredible. <laughs> if I could do anything with his vocals, absolutely. And and that one, real, especially during the verses, the parts fit so well together and it was it was crazy and, and um you know and I, I really i enjoyed doing that one and and that was again I, I i uploaded it to my channel and maybe two weeks after that i saw it was featured on on this article on facebook and i'm like what the hell is this this is bizarre like this has never happened before you know and it's before that it probably had i don't know maybe 400 views and then by the next day, like the next morning, it had maybe 10,000 views. By the end of that day, it had 100,000 views. I'm like, this is awesome. This is so cool. This has never happened before. And then from there, I got a lot more subscribers. And as I kept doing more and more mashups, 
you know, more people started subscribing to the point where I have like, I think I have like 38,000 now, mm-hmm. somewhere around there. Amazing. But yeah, that's the one that put me on the map. All right. Without further ado or further ado, let's listen to I Heard It Round and Round the Grapevine by Rat Gay or Marvin Rat <laughs> or Marvin Gay and Rat right. by Bill McClintock.
So what's your biggest fear about all this? Because I know that like as a podcaster, I always want to do things that's going to be complimentary to anything that I discuss. And it's not that I have to love everything or say I like everything. But like if I do a show about Cheap Trick, Kiss, The Beatles, or whoever, I hope that they would listen to it and dig what I'm putting down, you know? It's... Yeah. To me, I only deal in things I tend to care about, right? Right. So if I do a show on Star Trek, even if I disagree with something I saw on it, I can be critical. But... I also want to be real. I also want them to understand that the influence and, and how they've touched my life, right? As artists or a TV show or a book or whatever I'm talking about. Sure. Uh, what's your biggest fear with this? Uh, as far as when I'm putting the mashups together? Yeah. I don't know. I never really thought about it. I, I do want everyone to like what I do. You know, I, I have a pretty decent fan base now and I still... I want to make stuff that, that people are going to enjoy. And, of course, I want to enjoy it too. Uh, but, yeah, it would suck to, to put something out and, you know, a lot of people are like, well, this is stupid. Like, why did you put these two songs together? Like, they, they should never have gone together or that kind of thing. And it's tough because I I don't really run them by anybody before I, I post them. So I'm the only one who hears them right before they go on my YouTube channel. So I really don't know how people are going to receive it. It's it's really hard to tell. Sometimes I'm dead wrong. Sometimes uh, you know, I'll do one and like, oh, this is this is sounding really cool. I really like this. And then it's not like the, the comments that I get aren't necessarily as positive. Most times it's the opposite, where I think like, ah, eh, this is okay. This is like on par. And then people think it's incredible. Um, like <laughs> this was last summer. I was actually on vacation in Ocean City, Maryland. And uh, I brought my computer with me. The first couple of days were rainy, so I was stuck inside. Brought my computer, and I'm looking at some things to put together. And um, I had never done any by Slayer. I'm not – I wouldn't say I'm a huge Slayer fan. Like, I, I do like their stuff, but I'm not a, a, as diehard of a fan as a lot of people. But I really wanted to do something with Seasons in the Abyss. And I wanted to do something with the instrumental – of seasons in the abyss mm-hmm. and i'm looking for any kind of isolated vocal i can find to go with it something that's polar opposite and i was just really coming up with nothing and just for the heck of it i did a search for the the vocal part to seasons in the abyss found that um was searching through a database of of songs that were sorted by key and um then george michael careless whisper came up and and, and those two they're they're one they're a, a half step apart so i had to adjust the pitch but but anyway like the point I, i'm putting them together i'm like this is this is cool this is okay you know and and then i posted it and then that one just absolutely exploded people were like losing their minds over it. i'm like really like <laughs> that's cool like i'm glad people like it i just didn't think it was the greatest thing ever you know mm-hmm. but i still like to, I, I still listen to that one um and unfortunately that one was taken off of my youtube channel that was the only one that was ever removed from my channel and i got a copyright strike on my account because of that one too so i pissed somebody off it's <laughs> basically what it comes down to um because sometimes they will block them I won't mm-hmm. receive any kind of consequences, no copyright strikes, but I've done a couple with ACDC, and those have both been blocked. And I think that's just because they're so protective of their music, and they don't want any kind of unauthorized whatever reproduction of their music. 
Um, so a couple of those have been blocked. But yeah, the, the Slayer and George Michael one was outright taken off, and I, I got a strike for that one. So, <laughs> but somebody else kind of stole it or whatever. They they downloaded my video and reposted it on a, on their channel, so a separate YouTube channel, and, and that's still up. So at least you can still find it if you do a search for it. Right. But you have everything she wants is south of heaven, right? Yeah, yeah, I did that one a little more recently, a couple months ago. have a specific favorite one that you like is your favorite one 
That's a good question. Um, for a long time, it was one that people probably wouldn't think would have been my favorite. Um, but it was the Gwen Stefani and uh, Bee Gees, I think it was. Yeah, that was the one that <laughs> – and and that was before that, that was before I was kind of on the map. I did that one. I really liked that. I think the vocal line worked so well with that song with the the, uh, the instrumental part from the Bee Gees. And I don't know. I, I felt like the vocal line sounded better with that song than it did with her original. It just it felt so it was staying alive. And it, it just it worked so well with that that little guitar part. Uh, yeah, I call that one Stay in a Hollaback Girl. That's right. I really <laughs> like that one.
I'll still play that one. I still I still listen to it. A lot of times, like I'll, I'll go to the gym and I'll just I'll pull up my phone and have it on the treadmill and just start just kind of watch watching the mashups that I've made. You know, there's I don't know they 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 entertain me too. And I don't I don't think of it. I mean, it, it is my work, but it's not. You know, I mean, I'm taking some songs that already exist, so I don't feel too weird about listening to them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, but that was one of my favorites. I really liked also the Eric Clapton one, um, Cocaine and Billie Jean by Michael Jackson. I did a lot of Michael Jackson. I really liked that one a lot. The Pantera and Bill Withers one I really like. One was really cool. Yeah, those are some of my favorites. Very good. want to thank you for coming on the the show today and talking about your your artwork i mean a lot yes, of people might not me. realize it is artwork but this is exactly what it is anytime you take something and create something out of it 
sure you're a copycat on some level, right? You're taking someone right. else's work, but you're transposing it to a different medium, a different yes. way of doing things. So, Exactly. It's just an interesting point of where we are in pop culture, and it goes back to the 80s, and here you are. You know, there's a lot of people out there doing this. Yeah. And uh, do you have any uh, favorites that are doing this that, you know, other brothers in this, brothers in arms in this, brothers and sisters in arms in this? Uh, As far as other mashup artists, yeah. Um, There's DJ Cummerbund. He's really awesome. I don't know if if you've heard of him before. Uh, he does a lot of similar things that I do. Um, and then Wax Audio was another one. He, I don't think he makes them anymore. He was, he was one of the pioneers, you know, eight, ten years ago when, when people were really starting to do this on YouTube. Mm-hmm. He was one of the first, and, and he had some really big ones that, that he put out. And so I, I kind of from him just got some ideas of, I guess, the whole taking polar opposite genres and, and putting those together. And, and that's kind of what I did. And, you know, so those, yeah, those are two of my favorites that I, I like to listen to their stuff as well. Very good. Now, before we let you go, I always ask people what's popping with them. Like what is big in your pop culture world? Like, are there any TV shows that you're really into right now or any movies? <laughs> Not so much. I don't watch much TV or movies. Do you have a favorite TV show of all time? If I had to pick a favorite of all time, I would probably say Everybody Loves Raymond. Really? Yes, or Golden Girls. Ah, so you're a comedy guy. <laughs> I love both of them. Yes. Yeah, I love comedies, for sure. And if I had to pick a favorite movie, I would say Godfather. Godfather Parts 1 and 2. Not necessarily known for its sense of humor. No, no. <laughs> yeah, quite the opposite. A lot of quotable lines, but not so much funny. Right. Yeah, yeah, just in- incredible movies, though. Mm-hmm. And top three albums of all time. Top three albums. Uh, let's say Van Halen's first album. It's probably my absolute favorite. Paranoid, Black Sabbath, mm-hmm. one of my favorite albums. And say Out of the Cellar by Rat. Three great albums. Three great yes. albums. Love them. We're going to close the show out now, and I want to thank you for coming on today, and we want to encourage people to check you out. Where can they find you? They can find me on my YouTube channel. Just search my name, Bill McClintock. That's Bill, M-C-C-L-I-N-T-O-C-K. And that's really the main place where you'll find all my mashups. And we will put links in the show notes. And you will get to see some of these videos if you're on our Facebook page because we will post them in the big show note with this thread. That's All right. One of my favorite ones that you did is two of my favorite bands doing two of my favorite songs. Who Are You by The Who and Black <laughs> Sabbath's Paranoid. I remember when that song would play on uh, the radio when I was a yeah. kid because sometimes they'd, the disc jockeys would play the one with the F word in it. Yeah, I, th- I remember on DVE, I, um, which was uh, it's a Pittsburgh radio yeah, station. Yeah, WDVE uh, out of Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah, and I believe they used to. I haven't listened in a while because I have um, Sirius XM in my car now, but I'm pretty sure they used to play the Who Who the Fuck Are You. Yeah. Yeah. It also depended on the time of day, you know what I mean? There yeah. Were, sometimes that they could get away with it, sometimes they couldn't. 
But uh, yeah, I remember that very well. I remember yeah. like it was like a little secret. We all would giggle like, oh, they just said the F word on the Nobody's <laughs> stopping it, man. You know? Right. They could get away with it at, yeah. at that time. Yeah. So here we go. Black Sabbath and the Who with Who. Are you paranoid? go another pop under our belts so check out season four of battle bots uh written by some wonderful people that we know also don't forget to check out the facebook group and if you can check out front lines and back lines uh, from courtney cronin dold and izzy presley we'll see you all on the next episode of pop thank you for being on the show today thanks so much for having me i appreciate it say goodbye bill goodbye bill <laughs> and that's our show Pop is an online, nonprofit pop culture audio fanzine made for fans by fans. Any samples of music, TV, or movies heard here remain the property of their owners. Pop, a pop culture podcast, is not affiliated with any products we review or discuss. Opinions heard here belong to the people who express them and may not reflect the views of the pop staff. If you like something that you heard, buy it at your local record, video, or bookstores, or wherever pop is found. If you enjoy the show, like us on Facebook and rate us on iTunes. 
Thanks for listening. And until next time, I'm your announcer, Christine Wolf, saying whatever you do, make sure it pops. Say goodnight, Dick. <laughs>